Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, October the 18th, 2022. It is currently 8.45 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And as most of you know, the Theology Central studio, well, it's located right here in my home. Now, that's a good thing. That's all. It makes it so simple when I'm ready to do live broadcasting. I just walk up the stairs right here to the studio, you know, hit the go live button. I'm alive on the air and can talk to you about anything. So I love that. It's simple. It's easy. No more driving 20 minutes one direction. It's wonderful. It's easy. It's great. But... It is also very tempting that no matter what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what I can do. I, I can run upstairs and talk about that. I can run upstairs and talk about that. Now, I, I try, I've, I've done a pretty good job being disciplined that I don't run up the stairs every time I come up with an idea, every time I want to say something. I try to just choose specific hours in which to try to do as much broadcasting as possible, but I couldn't resist. So a little while ago, here's what was happening. I was I was doing all kinds of things. I was trying to watch things on television. I was trying to read. I was trying to listen to a little music. I was trying to do multiple things, getting the most out of my evening, right? Trying to get every minute's worth of, of my time. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait. Oh, wait. I just got a notification on my iPad from one of my podcast apps. And I looked down and it had three words with an exclamation mark. Done with sin, exclamation mark, done with sin, exclamation mark. And as soon as I saw that, I just stopped and I kind of shook my head and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to listen to that. And here's the thing. I, I, I can't look, I don't know how you feel about it, but one thing that on one hand, it intrigues me. On one hand, it fascinates me. On one hand, it makes me so angry and upsets me. But th this one thing that causes all of these emotions, frustration, intrigue, aggravation, uh, anger, this one thing that causes all of these emotions is the concept of sin in the Christian world. The Christian world has this, like the Christian world, everyone says sin is wrong. Sin is bad. Sin is something we have to stay away from. But the Christian world has this really fascinating way of thinking. And it goes something basically like this. When you become a Christian, when you become a Christian, you basically now have the power to stop sinning. You can say no to sin and you can say yes to God. So on one hand, we preach it. Look, when you became a Christian, the power of sin was broken. You're no longer in bondage. You are free. You can say yes to God and you can say no to sin. And then we turn right around and almost three seconds later say, but, 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 you're going to continue to sin. But no one can be perfect. I don't know how Christians can't see the, uh, how completely absurd that way of thinking, look, you're, you're free from the power of sin, but you're still going to sin. What? You can say no to sin and say yes to God, but you're still going to sin. Well, wait, 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 if I'm completely free from it, then that means I can completely stop from doing it. 
If you tell me I cannot completely stop, then clearly I'm not free. I'm still in some bondage. So am I in bondage or I'm not in bondage? If you say I'm not in bondage, then guess what comes with that? You have to believe in the eradication of the old nature. And you have to believe that Christians can be perfect. So why is it on one hand you say that I'm free from the power of sin? I'm free from the bondage of sin. On the other hand, you tell me that I'm going to continue to sin and I can't be perfect. That is a complete, it's, it's, it's nonsensical, it's illogical, it's a contradiction. So I'm always fascinated when I hear Christians talk about sin. It's just like they'll say one thing and I'm like, give it a minute, give it a minute. And then they'll they'll contradict themselves. And everyone's sitting in the pew just like, amen, amen, amen. And, and you almost want to wait in the parking lot going, you were saying a lot of amens about freeing, being freed from the power of sin and that you can say yes to God and say no to sin. Do you still sin? Well, yes. Well, then how could you say amen to something that's not even true in your own life? It's never been true in your life. It will never be true in your own life. So I heard all of that. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm, well, I, as soon as I saw done with sin, as soon as I started thinking all of this, I should say, I started thinking all of this. And immediately I was like, you know what? Don't just, I know there's basketball, there's hockey, there, there's a million things going on tonight, right? There's, there's all these things going on on television. I'm like, you know what? You know what? You know what? I just grabbed my iPad, ran upstairs and went live. I probably should have given myself a second from running up the stairs because then I, I wouldn't sound like I'm out of breath. But I ran up, the, I'm joking. I ran up the stairs and I'm like, okay, let's do this. So I grabbed the audio from the podcast. It's from a Moody Broadcasting, Today in the Word. It's a. It's like a two-minute devotional. Um, I have no idea what they're going to say. I just know when I see, when I just see done with sin, well, I'm sorry. I my, my thoughts immediately go, oh no, here we go. It's going to be another Christian program telling me that I can say no to sin, that I'm done with sin, that I, that I can have complete victory of, over it. But in two minutes and, well, basically two minutes and one second, I don't think they have a lot of time to contradict themselves. So are you, are you interested? I'm interested. I got to hear this. Like, no, I, yeah, I need to get back downstairs and watch everything that I'm watching because if I don't see the end of it, then I'll be like, I wasted the time watching the first. Okay, never mind. Now you're getting into my, my compulsiveness that I have. Okay, but we have to talk about this right now. I know I could have waited, but I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I want to know what they have to say about being done with sin. What do you think? If, if we, if, if this was a gambling podcast, where would you put your money? Are they going to say, we are free from the power of sin and we can stop sinning? Or are they going to say, we're done with sin in Christ. We're done with sin in our position, but not in our practice. What do you think they're going to do? Well, I, I want to find out. So here we go. Even if you're not interested, even if you don't care this evening, I care. And because I care, well, you have to, well, you don't technically have to listen, but you get the opportunity to hear me listen to this quick devotional podcast called Today in the Word from Moody Broadcasting, Moody Radio. I subscribe to it. Again, I subscribe to all kinds of different things. So, um, well, let's listen to it together. All right. All right, someone said interested. I'm I'm glad one person is interested. That's good. Okay. All right. Here we I I'm, I'm interested too. All right. Um Let's do this. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. I'm I'm listening carefully. I can hear the TV downstairs. 
I'm listening. Like, wait, what's the score? Wait, what's going on? Okay, all right. All right, no. I'm, I'm more interested in this. Here we go. Yes, I know. The the confused mind of uh, I'm getting you insight into how <laughs> conflicted I can be at any given moment, but that's okay. There's too many things going on every second of every day. I I, I don't have time to do everything, but here we go. Here we go. You ready? Okay. See, I'm teasing it out. See, I'm, I'm, I'm making you keep listening, right? Right. You're like, no, just get to the point. I know. Here we go. As Christians, we should be done with sin. Christ has won the victory. It's as good as ours. So why do we still sin? As Christians, we should be done with sin. Christ has won the victory. So why do we still sin? I don't know. Why? Why Why do we still? Oh, I see. I know. Because we still have a corrupt sin nature that never goes away. Okay, but but I, I, I digress. I'm going to back this up again. All right, here we go. A, a two-minute audio clip. I could end up reviewing it for 16 hours. I'm going to try. I'm going to try not to. Here we go. Here we go. We'll start it over. As Christians, we should be done with sin. Christ has won the victory. It's as good as ours. So why do we still sin? Welcome back to Moody Bible Institute's Daily Devotional, Today in the Word. I'm Donna Leland. We still sin because we're still in process. We still sin because we're still in process. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Is that the theological term for still a sinner? Is, is that the theological term for still possess a corrupt and sinful nature? We're still in process. I'm still in process. Now, I understand there's a process, but we have, to, I think you have to start. Every Christian needs to understand you still have a sinful nature. You still have a corrupt nature. I, I, I okay, I, I, let's, let's, so according to this, you still sin because you're still in process. Let's see what they say about said process. Sanctification is the part of our salvation journey when we're on the way to being finally and completely done with sin. Nonetheless, there should be a startling contrast between our old and new lives. Our old lives were built around evil human desires. Okay, so, hey, there has to be a big contrast. There has to be a big contrast. So now immediately what this becomes the focus on if you've been listening to our uh, study on law and gospel, see, now the focus becomes, now it's talking about sanctification. Now, you, you sanctification is a process that's going to ultimately meet, lead us to being completely free from sin and glorification. Okay, sounds good. But now once they start talking about sanctification, immediately they said, however, there should be a big change. There should be a dramatic change. Now, well, let, let's back this up. First of all, remember, I am saved by an imputed righteousness, not an infused righteousness. I'm declared to be righteous. Now, if you're going to say there has to be a big change, how much change? Who defines the change? Because whatever change you point to, in many cases, that change becomes nothing more than, I've talked about this earlier today, behavioral modification. You clean up the outside of the cup. How much of the inside really changes? Because the sin nature doesn't change, does it? 
So I, I, it's, it's always, I think we always look for external changes. Well, I used to go here and I don't go, I used to watch the, We look at all these external things and say, look, 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 look at the change. But inside the corruption is still there. So, all right, let's see, let's see what they have to say. Now we live for the will of God in our old lives. See, now we live for the will of God. Do Christians live for the will of God? Christians live for themselves all the time. It happens constantly. You get Christians say, no, I live for the will of God. Oh, that's all. Every day you wake up, all you care about is the will of God. You don't, you know, you don't live for self. You don't try to please self. You don't, you don't re- react when something doesn't go your way. You demonstrate that you live for self, serve self, want to please self, and in many cases, worship self all the time. And so do I. See, we, whenever it comes, so much of the Christian life, we just, we create this verbiage. We create this vocabulary that paints a picture that looks good, but rarely does it reflect the reality of what actually happens in the lives of believers. Well, we, we live for the will of God. Give me a break. We want to live for the will of God. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that, that maybe there's a want to, but we fall so short of wanting, of, of living for the will of God or even pursuing the will of God. We wasted time on sins such as sexual immorality, drunkenness, and idolatry. See, they see, we used to do that. We used to be covetous. We used to be idolatry. We used to be drunk. Okay, so you're telling me Christians never have covetousness or idolatry? <laughs> it, it shows up in the lives of believers all the time. People will be surprised at our new lives and the changes in our behavior. They might heap abuse on us for not joining them in our former sinful behaviors. If they don't trust in Christ, they'll be the ones surprised on the day of judgment. They'll be held accountable for their sin and pay the just penalty of death. See, so this creates Christianity. The difference is we live better than them. See, this this paints the picture. What's the difference between me and them? I live better. I don't do those things anymore. I live for God. I don't don't have idolatry. I don't have covetousness. I don't get drunk. I do all the right things. They do the wrong things. I do the right. See, the difference isn't Christ and him crucified. The difference is in my practical righteousness. But then If that is the case, then why is the world constantly pointing out the hypocrisy and the moral failures of everywhere? Why is it when when as soon as we start reading about the New Testament church and the New Testament, we see sin and fighting and backbiting and division and arguing and fleshliness and carnality? Why, when you look at all the people of God in the Bible, you see sin and fleshliness and pride and arrogance and sin of all kinds? The difference between me and the unbeliever is I am I've I have the imputed righteousness to me. It's Christ and him crucified. That's the difference. You say should I, I, am I saying that there we should not pursue righteousness we should because of what Christ has done for us. But the difference is Christ. But see this is like this just means Christianity is basically a moral system. It's, a, it's just a system of morality. You Christian, now you do the right thing and where you used to do the wrong thing. 
That's the difference. Now, the difference is salvation. Today in the Word, we hear the familiar words of Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. See, the difference is eternal life. The difference is Jesus. The difference here isn't Oh, I live better. The difference is forgiveness. The difference is salvation. The difference is a righteousness that comes by faith alone. An imputed righteousness, not an infused one. Our Lord, we hope you know that eternal life that is free and given to everyone who calls on the name of Jesus. There's a number you can call if you'd like to talk to someone about this free gift that's available to you today. That number is 1-888-NEED-HIM. 1-888-NEED-HIM. And if you do trust in Christ, let us know. Hear it today in the Word. Hey, if you trust in Christ, and you trust in Christ because you'll be better. You'll do good things. I mean, they, they're not explicit, but they're implying, hey, you become a Christian, you'll do good things. You'll do good things. You'll do good things. You'll Christianity is all about you doing good things. Christianity is all about you being a better person than you were. That's what Christianity is about. It's not and but then they then they make a reference to salvation as being, well, the the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. They mention it, but their focus is on the changed life. Not on the imputed righteousness. So are we done to sin? Are we done with sin or not? Well, we should be, but we still sin. Why do we still sin? We're in progress. Okay. But, but do they explain what that, that, or that process? I'm sorry. They they use the word process. That process, they call it sanctification. They give it the theological name. Okay. But all they can say about the process is you'll be better. You'll be better. You'll be better. You'll be better. You won't be like the world. You'll be different than the world. But what happens when Christians aren't different than the world, which happens all the time? And again, so many times, what we point to that makes us different is the most external things. But it doesn't talk about the reality of the internal. It doesn't talk about the reality of what's going on. And it doesn't even talk about the failure of the external. I... I, I love Christians will say, well, externally, I don't do this and I don't do this. But then you'll look at their lives and like, well, you don't seem to love God's word. You don't love to study. You don't love prayer. You don't love listening to sermons. You don't seem to hunger and thirst after righteousness. I can give you 50 things you don't do. But, 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 but look here, look here, look here's different. Look here's different. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not a homosexual. Yeah, you weren't a homosexual before you became saved. So that doesn't really change any. Like sometimes we point to the things that we never even had a problem with before we were saved. And just remember, dramatic change can happen in a person's life without salvation. Ever been to an Alcoholics Anonymous or a Narcotics Anonymous meeting? People used to be completely, I mean, they were stealing from their family, hurting their family, crazy things, drugs, I mean, all crime, and then they get clean and boom, now, now they go to Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, been clean for two years, don't do any of these things, has nothing to do with Christianity. Nothing. Their lives were transformed. There's Mormons whose lives were supposedly transformed, Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, I mean, people from all kinds of walks of life. 
We, we, we so reduce Christianity simply to a moral system. We see Christianity as a reformation, as a reforming of one's life and not a salvation. Now we'll say, no, 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 it is a salvation, but that salvation is going to change you, which then you have to say, so, so you're making salvation not an imputed, you're ma- making it something other. It, it's just so odd the way Christians handled the subject. Here's the reality. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. We are saved because of an imputed righteousness, not an infused righteousness. We are declared perfect because of that imputed righteousness. But guess what? We continue to possess a sinful nature. It stays with us our entire life, and it does not go away until glorification. So in this so-called process of sanctification, we're going to continue to fall short. We're going to continue to sin. But because in salvation we are made alive to God, we should obviously want to do the right thing and desire to do the right thing, but we're still going to fall short. Even if the want to is there, we're still going to fall short because the flesh is weak. Even if the want to is there, at times the things we want to do, we won't do, and the things we don't want to do, we'll end up doing It's just, it's almost like we can't bring ourselves as Christians to say, I still have a sinful nature and I still sin. So it's like done to sin. We should be done to sin, but we're not done to sin. Why are we not done to sin? Because we're in, we're in process. Not, not that we are, well, have a sinful nature. It's like we can't acknowledge the reality of what's inside of us. I, I don't know what else to say. I that I didn't know which direction they were going to go, but there, there you have. And that's from a Bible Institute. That's the Today in the Word from the Moody Bible Institute. I said Moody Radio earlier, but Moody Bible Institute. Now, I, I attended Moody Bible Institute. I, I did not graduate, but I attended and completed a large portion of my study there. Um, but Again, it's Christians that we, we handle the, the subject of sin in a sloppy, sloppy manner. I don't know if we really think it through. We will have to discuss it more. But for now, I just wanted to, again, I, completely impromptu, wanted to run up here and listen to that. I was hoping it was going to. I was hoping it was going to give me something more, right? Something we could we could really like, okay, let's grab onto this. They just kind of left us with nothing, really. I mean, what what did you take away from that? Well, uh, Christianity makes me a better person. And the world's going to hate me because I'm a better person. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God through Jesus Christ, through his grace, is eternal life. Okay? So... <laughs> We almost define eternal life as being a better person. I'm, I'm given eternal life not because I'm made a better person. I'm given eternal life because I've given an imputed righteousness. Just seems so odd the way Christianity is, de- how Christianity handles so many of it, these issues. When we, we were reviewing um, a, a lecture on law and gospel, and even there, 
there supposedly in like the next part of that series of lectures, and we will try to get to it and review it, he made some kind of a statement about somehow we, you know, basically we're free to sin and now we can, or we're free from sin and can say yes to God. And I'm like, he didn't explain what he means. So maybe he will define it if we get a chance to review those in our series on law and gospel. But as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh no, here we go again. How can we say something that reality just completely refutes this reality, the reality in your own life? I wish Christianity would make me be done to sin. I wish. And we're right back, if you think about it, to what we kind of talked about this afternoon. Really, this kind of of continues some of the same themes. What helps us in the process of sanctification? Do we approach sanctification from a law-based, like do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this? Is that what motivates true sanctification? I think it, I think it motivates behavioral modification. And I know I'm repeating some things I said earlier, but hey, that's okay. If, I mean, I'm just going to take this as providence that I, I, of all the things that were showing up on my iPad, this is the one I saw, this is the one that got my attention, and this is one that caused me to run upstairs. So I'm just going to see it as providence that we still need to talk, to talk about it. But I, I really want you to try to, to try to think about this. I want you to discuss it. I want you to just, just talk to other people about it. What really motivates or what helps us in the process of sanctification? Is it do this, don't do this, do this? Is it law, 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 right? Hey, so you, you should be a better person. You should be a better person. You should be a better person. I think that just creates a situation where we modify our external behavior. We wrap ourselves in fig leaves. We put on a robe of self-righteousness. We convince ourselves that we're better than those lost people. Look at those lost people. Oh, they, idolatry and, and, and covetousness. Oh man, they're so bad. They're so bad, but hey, we're, we're not like them. And so we, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like the rest of these people because I go to church and, and I do all these external things. Look at me. I think that's what law-based sanctification leads to. But what would a gospel-based sanctification look like? Where my focus is not, oh, I'm going to be a better person so that I can somehow prove that I'm saved, but I'm motivated to pursue righteousness out of, out of gratitude and love because of what the gospel has given me, has taken a sinner and made, it a, made me a child of God, has adopted me into the family of God, made me a co-heir with Christ Jesus, has forgiven all my sins has 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 ensured that I will have eternal life, that I can never perish, that I'm eternally secure? Should I be motivated by law so that I can be better, so that I can prove that I'm saved, or be motivated by Christ did it all? He take, took care of it all, and I'm motivated out of gratitude and love and reverence and respect. Now, you may not be able to draw the distinction in your mind, but I just think that most, most of our views of sanctification are law-based. There, I don't, I don't really know what they were promoting other than, hey, when you're saved, you're going to be better than those lost people. I mean, they, they basically, it's what they said. You're going to be better than those lost people. Well, were the people at the Church of Corinth better than the lost people? <laughs> because Paul said, you're fleshly, you're carnal, you're babes in Christ. He didn't say they weren't saved. 
They had sin in the church that wasn't even named among, amongst the Gentiles. That's how messed up the church of Corinth was. Do, do we really say we're dead to sin? Because we can point to some external behaviors that we no longer do that we used to do when we were lost. But we have the same wicked desires and thoughts and, and struggles on the inter- inside. I I was hoping for something more. I guess I should have realized with a two-minute podcast, we weren't going to get more. But I was really hoping we're, they were going to give us something, something. I, I, I guess it, I'll end with this. I remember being a Christian as a teenager or because I became a Christian as a teenager. I remember so many nights maybe listening to Christian radio, going through devotional books, trying to find, okay, what's the key? What's the secret here? Like, I got to try harder. I got to try harder. Because I knew that, okay, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not supposed to be desiring this. Okay, don't do this. Don't. I knew all I kept getting was don't, 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 don't do this. Don't watch this. Don't listen to this. Don't, don't dance. Don't go here. Don't, don't date this. Don't, don't go get, no, don't, don't, don't. A million do's and don'ts. It was like never ending. But I kept knowing that the desire to sin, there was desire still there. Sin was still happening. I I was getting better at maybe covering it up. I was getting better at acting more righteous. And I just sometimes remember the total despair and frustration of not feeling like, like, what's the answer? I remember even getting so bothered by it that I even questioned if I was demon-possessed because I'm like, there's got to be an answer here. And nobody could ever really give me an answer other than pray more. In fact, when you ask for help, it was always law, right? Hey, what can I do? You need to read your Bible more. You need to pray more. You need to make sure you're hanging out with good Christians. You need to make sure you pay attention to what you watch and what you listen to. You need to go to church. You need to be a part of a discipleship group. You need this. You need, and it was do, just 900 list of more things to do, which only gave me more, more a list of things to fail at. But somehow I was still supposed to be told that you know, you're, you know, you're supposed to be completely different. You're supposed to be completely changed. You're supposed to be completely transformed. And then you would look at the, you know, in churches, how many people in the church who supposedly were transformed or changed, and you could see the sin showing up in the church, church splits, fighting, arguing, backbiting, you know, fornication, sin, uh, broken marriages, all, all, all the, the garbage that was happening in the lives of the people in the church while all, we were all claiming that we're so much better and different. I think we need an absolute change in how we think about this. And I wish I had the answer. Just the answer has got to be in the gospel. It's got to be a, a, what does a gospel-based sanctification look like versus a law-based sanctification? What does a gospel-based discipleship look like versus a law-based discipleship? I don't know if it's always clear-cut. I don't know if it's always simple, but it's something to think about. All right, well, I kind of feel like I let you down. But that's what happens when I don't listen to it first, right? We listen to it together. So if you're disappointed, I'm disappointed. 
I mean, I gave up watching very important things going on downstairs to come up here, and that was it. You can go back and listen to it today in the Word from Moody Bible Institute. Um, you can find it on Podbean. I think the one person listening, I think they use the Podbean app. I know it's on Pocket Cast. I know it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, all the podcast apps. Today in the Word, um, you can go back and listen to it. And you say, well, there's not much there, but it, but you can still take it and think about it and, and struggle with it and, and just try to figure it out. I, I wish I had better answers. I wish I did. Just everyone wants Christianity to be like, boom, that's it, man. We're, we're different. We're better. We're changed. We're different. We're better. We're changed. We, we are different. We are better and we are changed, but it's all in our position. It's all in the fact that I'm in Christ. I am changed because now in Christ, I'm perfect. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I am better because I went from lost to saved. I am changed. I went from the child of the devil to the child of God, but that's all true in my position. In practice, I'm still a sinner with a sinful nature. That does not change. And that seems to be forgotten in all of the discussions. So then we end up running around with fig leaves. With a list of 500 rules to make us better. Something just seems broken in all of it. Something seems broken. All right, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, thanks for, well, hearing me out this evening. Trust me, this, this, still, this relates to our long gospel series, so definitely listen to that. And uh, I'm, I'm now, I think I am going to, well, probably, I don't know when, tomorrow night, Tomorrow night, uh, we'll be talking law and gospel at Victory Baptist Church. I think tomorrow, I don't know. We've got a lot of other things to do, but maybe Thursday we'll get back to reviewing uh, some of those messages from that conference on law and gospel because I do want to hear what they have to say about somehow we're supposedly now free from sin. Now, because I, I definitely want to, whenever people say that, or we're done with sin, free from sin, dead to sin, I always want to know exactly what that means practically. Because somehow they will say that and then five seconds later say, but you're still going to sin, but you're still, you, you can't be perfect. Okay, well, something is wrong there dramatically. All right, I'll stop. Thanks for listening. God bless.